0: Hello, my name is Marcus, and this is what I am, at least at this point, calling the first episode of Passion for Passions, which is a podcast about passions. Who would have guessed, right? So, since this is an initial episode, I don't know that anyone is going to be listening, but I figured I might as well go over... Well, I don't know that I need to go over what Passions is, aside from the fact that it's a soap opera that ran for a very long time, from 1998 to about 2008, was it? Um, I didn't look it up, which I should have, Uh, but either way. No, it started in 1999, I believe, actually. Um, So, already wrong. (laughs) Whatever. But yes, so it's a soap opera that was very long-running, and... Unlike some other, po- um, other soap operas, it was more unique in that there was kind of magical elements. Obviously, it's not the first um, soap opera to be, like, kind of featuring things of that nature, but it's the first one that I saw, even though not that long ago was the first time I saw it because I actually didn't watch this show growing up. Um, I don't know, you know... I had no previous history with it until a couple years ago when I think, I don't know why, but for some reason I caught an episode, the first episode on um, YouTube because someone had uploaded basically the entire series. I think the YouTube channel is called like the Teresa Ann or something. Passions fans know. Um, but I started watching on there, watched you know, a handful of episodes and was immediately sucked in, I had to keep watching. Although it was kind of challenging, because especially those very, very, very early episodes, it seems like nothing happens, kind of. And I'm sure this is common of a lot of soap operas, but especially in the beginning of this one, it seemed like, you know, like, for example, there's a bomb that was supposed to go off in Sheridan's car, but it takes like, Five ten episodes before anything happens with that, actually. Even though they keep saying, you know, she's in that car for a real long time waiting, but nothing happens yet. So there was a lot of that very very slow action, kind of like a lot of repetition. Um, but I still got into it regardless because I was intrigued by the cast of characters, their lives, and wondering kind of what the secrets are that intertwine them all. And because of that, I got really interested and wanted to keep watching. And then NBC's Peacock streaming service came out. And fans were asking, you know, can we have Passions on here? And so far, I do not believe that Passions is available on the Peacock streaming service. Um, People were certainly wondering if it might be because NBC started issuing takedown notices on YouTube channels that are hosting Passions content so that the Teresa Ann YouTube was gone. Some other YouTubes have attempted to bring it back, and sometimes it seems like they're getting um, struck down as well. I do know someone is uploading episodes, though I think they're uploading them privately. I'm not going to say who it is, um, but I'm pretty sure there are some episodes kind of available in other places. Um, I got myself access because I was like, I don't want to wait for nbc to do something because maybe they never will they may very well not and they don't really have to even though they really should put this on streaming and i was like well clearly i can't trust youtube because it's all gone all this stuff's gone um so what i ended up doing was i believe going to soap dvds.com or something and buying the collection of passions videos from them yes i really did drop hundreds of dollars to get all the passions episodes Um, because I knew just from the beginning, this was clearly a show that I need to see through to conclusion. So that kind of leads up to now where I, you know, I have the content. I'm not uploading them anywhere. I'm just watching them for myself. Well, technically I have, um, watched them kind of on stream in discord on a soap opera passions discord. Um, but other than that, I'm kind of just watching them on my own I don't want to get things posted online and get them struck down because I know they will. So that's me. And it seems like my sudden interest in passions, which is, I don't know, I think maybe it's the first episode in 2019. So very recently, all things considered. But funnily enough, like the passions interest is growing. Um, I know there was supposed to be a passions reunion at NBC Universal in Los Angeles or Hollywood. Um, Which was canceled due to COVID. I hope that comes back because I would like to go to it. If it will ever um, resurface. Um, I haven't heard anything about that. I don't think. Because I think there's also like a documentary or something coming. And that was like where it was going to premiere. So I definitely want to watch that. But I feel like I probably need to be more invested in passions and knowing what happens. Um, But aside from that, like, it seems like the the fan base is growing in, in a strange way um there are at least two other passions podcasts that started in 2020 during you know quarantine and maybe that's why just because like quarantine you're like what am i gonna do i'm gonna watch passions i don't know the first one that spun up was passions for life which is actually interesting because it's not just a fan show uh it's actually starring the hosts are two of the actors from passions which is incredible um natalie and travis who played the roles of gwen and ethan who are pivotal characters and i didn't know until this podcast came out that they actually got together like in real life i had no idea i find that very interesting you know because in the show they're very much this faded well not faded i guess but this long-standing couple that has this sudden you know deal with the fact that there's someone else involved potentially in that sort of love triangle forming well it's more i don't know if it's a triangle of two people are in love with the same person um but whatever anyway so i think that's pretty cool i haven't listened to the episodes really because i'm afraid of getting spoiled so I, I whenever i do finish passions in like 500 years i'll be able to enjoy that back catalog the other show which i didn't know about but has also been around since 2020 is just called passions podcast and i think that's fun Because that is, you know, friends who are watching Passions together. And that's great. You know, I would love to do that myself. I did actually start watching Passions with a friend, but it's too difficult for us to be able to, you know, have a specific time to watch an episode. And sometimes I just want to binge like 10 episodes. So that's obviously no one else is going to do that with me, at least at this point. So, um, yeah, she only got to see the first couple episodes of Passions, but she seemed to enjoy the silliness of it. So that was good. But anyway, a Passion's Podcast is the other podcast. Haven't listened to that either because, again, I don't want to be spoiled. Um, but I think they do sort of delineate their episodes based on, like, here's the block of episodes we watched. So that's cool. Um, and probably, if this continues, will probably be something similar I do here, like maybe 20-episode blocks or something. I'm not sure. Or maybe 10-episode blocks. I guess it depends on my mood and, like, if something happens in the episodes or not at all. Um, you know, so there's that. Um, But I would recommend if you are a Passions fan, you should probably check out those other podcasts if you have not already, but I would assume everyone who's found this podcast is already very aware of the Passions Podcast community and has probably already listened to Passions for Life and Passions Podcast. But that's just there in case someone did not know. If there's other podcasts, let me know because these are the only two that I'm aware of at this point. So yes, I have been watching Passions more seriously since I got the collection on a hard drive. And for me, it's been just kind of... I have no idea about the show really, except for like a few things like that there's a hurricane, maybe twice in Harmony, and that someone becomes a zombie or something. But that's really all I know like about the future of the show. So I'm very much, you know, not I'm spoiler free... Because, unlike certain media, probably like Harry Potter or Star Wars, where people are spoiling things and still talking about everything about them, for the most part, I'm not tuned into the passions discourse. So, if there are secrets or things that have really happened, I don't really know that much about them, and I will be shocked. <laughs> I will be shocked when they happen in the episodes. So, as of this recording, I have just finished the first year of Passion's videos, Um, first year meaning all the episodes that ran in 1999, which is the first year of the show being on the air. And that was, I don't know if the pilot counts as an episode on its own, but my count is showing 128 episodes that aired in 1999. And that is less than most years. They'll have more like 200 something. Because, again, this was a show that would be running pretty much every day during the week. So a new episode every day. So it's a lot of episodes. Um, and, of course, since Passions did not start straight at the beginning of the year, that's why I'm assuming it's, like, half as long as a normal, quote, season would be. But, uh, you know, after the course of this, I feel like I, I feel like it's a lot, both a lot longer and a lot shorter. It um, feels like I've been watching, but that's because I started watching, like, in a weird space, like, in... You know, two years ago, I suppose, and then kind of very gently started. And before I got the um, collection, now I've been able to binge it a lot more easily. But yeah, so I think for now I'm just gonna sort of talk about uh, the first quote season, the 1999 year of Passions, and what I remember most about it from just recently watching it. The most fun things, the stupidest things, whatever. Just talking about it with. With, uh, with the hope that someone will listen and enjoy but yeah so passions began and i wasn't really sure what to expect it immediately threw me off with sheridan being a friend of princess diana i was like are you kidding me when did and i don't know when that whole tragedy occurred but certainly in the 90s it would be very you know up close and aware and everyone knew about it like so i don't know who was like Yes, let's make Sheridan Princess Diana's friend, and that uh, Sheridan thinks she's just like her. And I'm like, okay, okay, this is a little bit goofy. But, you know, whatever. It's, it's their, their writers doing what they can. So, you know, quickly met other characters Ethan Crane and his girlfriend, of course, his, you know, basically betrothed Lady Gwen. These two blonde, rich people quickly met up with the Lopez Fitzgerald family, at least the ones that I knew of, which was Luis and, you know, uh, Miguel, Teresa, Mother Pilar, a mysterious father figure who was gone. Apparently there's also a brother who's not there... Um, which I didn't realize until very recently when they brought it up. And I'm like, what? Was that always the case? Um, or what? <laughs> I have not seen this supposed mysterious brother yet. Um, anyway, you know, and I like them a lot. I like that family quite a bit. Um, I can't say that I'm super crazy about any of the other families. Only because I feel like they don't get as much attention, really, um, as they should. Like, it seems sort of, or maybe it's just because I'm, I'm the most interested in, like, Ethan, Gwen, slash, um, the, the, what would you call it? The, again, the kind of love triangle or love two lines pointing at Ethan triangle. Is that a triangle? I don't know what to call that. But I like that a lot. So I don't know, maybe I just don't pay as much attention to everyone else's stuff going on. More in the more recent episodes there's certainly been discussion about Eve and whatever secret she has has something to do with this Chad guy and something. And I'm like, okay, I'm curious to know what Eve's secret is exactly. And I'm like, well, what is it though? I'm like, and I'm I'm like And this is me just hypothesizing. No one tell me that I'm wrong or tell me what the truth is. Obviously, I'll find out if this storyline does continue. But to me, I'm like, what? Is Chad actually Eve's son? Did she give birth to him secretly? And that's why she doesn't want her daughters to hang out with him because that'd be like incest if they fell in love. Like, is that really what this is about? But then I was like, well, how the hell... Would Eve be secretly pregnant and secretly give birth? Like, that's a lot of work. That is not like, oh, I'll just go away for a month and it'll be fine. You know, unless, so I don't know how that would work at all. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, maybe that's not it, but I don't know what it is then because, you know, it's not like Eve could get someone else pregnant. Anyway, I'm, I'm very confused about that whole thing. But clearly Eve is is very content on keeping something secret because she fuck she hit the old guy. I'm pretty sure with her car. So, holy moly, whatever it is going on there, it must be very serious. I like Tabitha, you know. I love that. Very early on, she's like constantly cackles. Like every episode, she's always cackling. I love it. And I don't love though. I don't know where they put the speakers or um, you know the where they're capturing audio from on these shows, but when Tabitha's around, like, her her um, bracelets are jingling, and it is so loud. It's like, oh my god, why do you have a bunch of big, plastic, chunky bracelets? They are so loud. You would think of the first couple episodes that someone would say, hey, Tabitha's bracelets are making a lot of noise, like, maybe we should take them off her so it doesn't interfere with the recording, but no one seems to care. But I don't even know. Maybe the time by the time they found out there was like tw- there were twenty episodes in the can. I have no clue. But it was funny, and I was very amused. I'm like, oh, there's those. That's Tabitha. I hear her. I hear her. Um, I love when Tabitha like turns into a dog and attacks uh, Charity's mom. I can't remember her name. I don't understand why Charity's mom like they never found her body, and they're like she probably died, but they can't confirm it. So they're always like, she's probably dead. (laughs) It's like, yes, yes. I love slash hated the whole thing where the moms could not meet, the twin sisters could not meet. Like, even though they were like at some point very near in the same vicinity, but they just kept missing each other. And in the end, they could never meet in person. At least up till now, they only ended up meeting because of a webcam. And that webcam was, like, super amazing quality for 1999. So I'm pretty sure that was all faked. Because my memory of webcams in 1999 is they send a still picture, like, every 20 seconds or something. They're that poor quality. And they certainly wouldn't be full screen video. Um, But maybe they would. I don't know. Anyway, I thought that was very funny. Um that it took them so long to finally meet and they only met online. They never met in person. That was good. Um, Grace Bennett is like the most weird, like, perfect lady who has, like, no thoughts in her brain thing going on. By perfect lady, I don't mean, like, my interpretation of perfect. I mean, like, a stereotypical housewife perfect lady and what i mean by when she doesn't have a thought in her head is that it doesn't seem like we get to hear a lot from her perspective really um we see things happen to her certainly like when she starts and she like floats out of the bedroom or some shit um it talks about angels but no one really we don't really hear from her side like her thoughts really it's kind of starting to now when she's like scared about her husband kissing um crane lady whatever i can't think of her name right now But, you know, so I hope that they get more into her life so she doesn't seem just, like, vapid. Same for Charity. Also seems extremely, like, not even a character. Just, like, people react to her and love her and hate her for no reason. And I'm like, can we learn something about Charity, like, at all? Like, does she have any interest? She just seems to be floating through the world with, like, not a care. Aside from the fact that she's almost dying, like, multiple times in fires. Um, so she has PTSD, which you do see occasionally. But, aside from that, like, she has no character. Except for sweet, young woman. Which is not a character, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I don't know what Miguel sees in her, except that she's pretty. Because she has no personality, except sweetness. Which is fine, but why would you fall in love with someone who has no personality? Um... Kay's utter obsession with Miguel and stuff is... And it was initially very grating on me, but then I was like, I don't... You know what? Who cares? And I find it more interesting and amusing now. Um, but I don't I don't know that I really care. I don't expect her to get Miguel anyway. But I don't expect Cherry to get Miguel either. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But Kay is, like, too obsessed. Also, why is Kay... S- like, okay, Miguel is a very handsome young man, extremely. He grew up to be handsome as well. But um, why is she so opposed to Reese? Like, they make Reese this super nerd, stupid guy. I get it. But oh my God, he's not bad looking. They did their best to make him ugly, but he is not bad looking. He's also super buff, like, as Miguel is. I, If I were in the situation, I would be like, Okay, Miguel is, like, gone. Fine. You know, I'll let them do their thing. I'm not going to interfere with their lives. And I say, yeah, Reese, Reese interested in me? Okay, let's let's try this out, you know? And at minimum, get over Miguel, even if Reese isn't the one. So, I don't know. Kay's a teenager. Um, Things I don't understand about the show is how old are Ethan and Gwen supposed to be? Um... I think they went to college. I believe that's implied. And either they're on break from it or they're graduated because Ethan is working for his father, though technically he could do that at any time. But I don't know how old they're supposed to be. The reason why this always concerns me, because I'm like, well, how old is Teresa then? Because Teresa's in high school, clearly in high school. Um, I guess you could be 18, I guess. But that's what makes that kind of relationship potential between Ethan and Teresa very strange to me. Um, I guess, though, at this point, it is one-sided. It is all towards, um, you know, Teresa obsessed with Ethan. But I do think that the fact that Ethan has to even think about it makes me say, yes, there's something there. And if this person was, if like, Teresa was 15 years old or something, he would hopefully just outright be like ew no what are you talking about she's a child you know I don't know that's one thing I kind of wondered in the back of my head how old are these people and why is no one raising eyebrow about that <laughs> but whatever it's a soap opera there's a lot going on aside from that um I love in the early episodes when Teresa kept keeps uh accidentally attacking Ethan I love that so much it's so funny um and I finally got over it which was good I'm glad they finally got over that and she finally revealed herself to be who she was and she's not a stalker. She's just some girl. Um, but I do wonder, my, the current end of this this 1999 episodes was um, them all going to a fancy dinner and Teresa's supposed to be her boyfriend. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen yet. I, my assumption is that her friend is going to dress up like a man and pretend to be a boyfriend. But I don't know what's going to happen. That's just like if I were making a soap opera, that's what I would do, even though that doesn't make any sense in reality because that would not work. You would not be able to easily masquerade as a man. If it were me, like in twenty twenty one, eyes. If I, it's hard to put my shoes and my uh, myself into Teresa's shoes because she's very young and extremely like believing in fate to a degree that I definitely don't believe in and i would have given up long ago but if i had to put my shoes uh, my myself into her shoes what i would do in again 2021 would be come out to ethan in the sense that's, in the sense of saying actually i don't have a boyfriend i have a girlfriend and then you could pull in one of your female friends to come with you And that would both, that would satisfy the concern about why was she being so secretive about this boyfriend up until now? Because she had a bit of shame or worry about showing that she had a girlfriend instead. So like that would clear that whole weirdness up. And it would also help Gwen to think, oh, she's a lesbian. She definitely does not pose any threat to Ethan. Though technically, obviously, you know, someone could be bi or pan or something. They don't have to be fully invested in one gender. But I think that would have been a great play. Um, but I'm pretty sure probably in 1999, that's not where this soap opera is going to go. Up until now, there's been no reference to gay people at all. Everyone is straight, everyone is interested in other people, you know, the opposite sex. Um, but that's my where I would have gone if I wrote this uh, arc um because that would be much easier to play off than uh your friend your lady is your lady friend is disguised as a guy and that's a bit too silly but anyway yeah that would have been what I would have done if I were Teresa which I am not (laughs) fortunately um so yeah those are some of my fun memories of the series up until now is there anything else? I really like Sheridan a lot more than I used to, because initially I'm like, who are you? This sad lady who's like, oh, I'm never gonna find love again. Ooh, ooh. I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever blonde uh queen who has everything she wants in the world except love. Uh but I actually like her a lot more now as time go you know progresses. She shows herself to be very independent and interested in a lot of things. And I like the interplay between her and Luis and seeing what's gonna happen with them. Um, currently, at the end of this season, it's it's a whole thing where she accidentally invited Hank to the New Year's party instead of Luis, which she wanted to. So now there's going to be more challenge between them, and that's more of a love triangle, maybe? Or is it, again, No, isn't it normally a love triangle, like one person loves this person, but this person loves the other person, and the other person loves someone else? It's like all around? I don't know. Maybe it isn't. Because in this one, it would be that... Two guys are falling for Sheridan, but also there's that girl who likes Luis off on the side, <laughs> she's not super into it yet. Also, okay, one thing about the show the theme of like loving someone for so long, even though they don't love you, is very prevalent and very, I guess, problematic. Uh, the it not in a like cruel way, but in a way that's like that is not the way to live your life I don't think Um, because unrequited love hurts, obviously and I don't think that you should attempt to rekindle something, especially when someone is married to somebody else at that point Um, that's clearly a bad thing to try to do Uh, break up a marriage so you can have something that you don't even know anymore because, for example, if it's over 10 years ago when you first fell in love, like, things have changed. People have grown. Um, and what you're focusing on, especially when you're not with someone anymore, is all the good times. But you're not remembering why you broke up. So, I don't know. It seems silly to me. Um, I would have wished that Mrs. Crane would be more mature than that to act like a schoolyard child who's like ooh, ooh, i still love him and i want to be with him again like what are you talking about how old are you <laughs> like i don't know maybe the actress is like only even 30 i don't even know but i feel like even at 30 you should understand better than that i would say i don't know how, i don't know how old she's supposed to be i guess if ethan is like 20 then she can't be 30 maybe she's 14 whatever uh but anyway i just and that you know that permeates things because Luis's high school girlfriend is also like still holding the torch for him and i'm like why and if you have why didn't you say something why are you just like stewing away in the coffee shop doing nothing about it i don't understand um i guess in her case maybe it makes more sense because Luis has always been like i can't do a relationship right now i'm too busy with work and taking care of my family excuse and if you fall if you believe that i guess then she could be waiting for him but she should have like brought it up and talked to him again about it i don't know not just keep waiting because clearly he didn't get the same memo that he was going to get back with her eventually and is instead now falling for sheridan which is funny because it's this huge turnaround from initially when they hate each other. So that's fun. But yeah, that, that theme of just continuous lo- continuously loving someone, just weird. Also, obviously, Pilar, that's again a very different circumstance because it's her husband who suddenly disappeared for no reason that they know of. So I guess it does make sense that she might still, you know, have emotions there and, and hope that he will return and is not dead and stuff. So that's different, I would say, from whatever everything else everyone else's feeling. Um, Obviously, Teresa, who didn't even know Ethan, it's, you know, that's fine as, like, a famous person crush, but to the extent that she goes into this fantasy world is weird, but also she's young, so you can kind of excuse it. I don't know. And so just lots of interesting things going on, lots of love, but then also angels and demons happening with tabitha and charity i don't again i don't know how charity's supposed to save anything she's like nobody she's not a person so what is she going to do um i feel like she's going to okay cuz this this first season ends on a massive cliffhanger where martin fitzgerald in quotes whoever he is is has just kidnapped um sheridan with a gun and tabitha got something in her book that said like someone's gonna die in harmony um at the end of the year or something so someone's gonna die tabitha thinks it's the two kids it's miguel and charity i don't think so because that's not one death that's two deaths i think martin fitzgerald is gonna kill someone with that gun the question is who you know the ultimate drama for me would be that he accidentally shoots Pilar and as she di- as she's dying she's like oh it's you Martin um you know me and more blah 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 and then they die Oh, well, she dies that would be the ultimate drama for me but I didn't write this show so I don't know who's going to die maybe no one's going to die but I think it's going to be Charity um just Charity so that but I don't know I don't know really um maybe no one but i yeah i don't know who would die i would kill off charity because she like does nothing (laughs) i i feel bad saying that but like she's really nobody she doesn't i feel like at least at this point she doesn't really have a personality at all um so we'll see in regards to the cast of the show again like i really like sheridan i like Luis because he's attractive but I don't know. Yeah, I like, he's a good guy, you know, so I feel for him. Hank is all right from what I've seen, but he's not even a key guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really focus. I, I'm curious about Eve. I don't necessarily like Eve, but I'm curious about her. I want Grace to start growing as well so, like, she has some personality. Again, maybe? Hopefully? I don't know. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, the whole TC and Eve thing, I also don't know what's going on with TC. Like, what exactly happened with him and Mr. uh, Crane? Like, I'm not sure at this point. I think it has something to do with TC's injury, though, because he has, like, a leg injury that sometimes flares up. So I think it has something to do with that, like, screwed up his tennis career somehow. Um, And that's why he's, like, trying to force his tennis futures on one of his daughters. Um, But really, the daughters until recently didn't really have their own story kind of it was kind of like just reacting to the antics of everyone else um you know there's kind of that thing i guess um with who is it chad and there's like potential romance or confusion or something there but that's kind of like the first plot point that i feel like really revolves around them more deeply on a deeper level so hopefully they get more of that because i kind of feel like they've been on the sidelines this whole time um And we're getting a lot of Crane family, a lot of Lopez Fitzgerald family, and a lot of, um, I guess, oh my god, why did I just blank on the family that is, who is it that's currently taking care of Charity, you know them, you love them. I don't know what their names are. Oh my god. The Bennets. Oh my god, the Bennets. And I can't remember their name because they're so plain at sometimes. But um, yeah, it seems like everything is really revolving around those families primarily. So hopefully we get more equal spread in the future. But I am interested in following through because of this massive cliffhanger. I'm just going to continue watching. Uh, to see what comes next because I have no idea, honestly. And sometimes this show just throws things out there and you're like, okay, now this is happening. I wasn't ready for this. So, you know, that's certainly going to keep happening. Um, I feel sad because I think I heard that at some point certain actors get swapped out for other actors, which makes sense because when the show is that long, certain actors definitely cannot keep a commitment, especially if they're becoming more popular or getting more busy. Um, but I don't know that... If that's the case, like, are they going to be the same characters once there's a new actor? I mean, hopefully so. And I know it's happened before. It's in, like, Bewitched and other shows. But I I feel like the current cast I really like. Except for Charity, who's, like, could be replaced by anybody because she doesn't do anything. Um, everyone else seems to really have a true, strong grip on their character. And I like them. But we'll see what happens, right? Um, anyway... Those are my thoughts on passion so far. I think it's a wild show. Sometimes it's very dumb, but it is generally very fun and enjoyable. Um, I may not perceive it the same as some people who watched it initially because obviously this is a long time after its initial broadcast. Certain things don't play the same way anymore. Um, You know, I find it probably funnier um, than it was intended to be. But again... That's so much time has passed, and I'm also not youngish. I'm I'm not of the age where I would feel like those teens do about super passionate emotions. Um, but I'm also not a weird adult who harbors strange residual emotions. I don't know. But anyway, I like passions a whole heck of a lot. I am thinking to record an episode basically every couple of episodes um, when I have a good grouping that I feel like I can talk about something. So that's the plan. Um, If you hear this episode, that means that I have done that, at least recorded one more episode, because that's my plan. I'm not going to release this unless I have a couple episodes to put up. But that's me. And um, thank you for listening to the inaugural episode of Passion for Passions. And if you're a Passions fan... I recommend that you reach out to me (laughs) Um, and we can chat. Uh, And that would be like at Twitter, Marcus Boy, spelled M-A-R-C-U-S-B-O-I. So again, thanks for listening. And I'll be back at some point to talk about Passions again because this is my favorite soap opera and I love it and I want to spread the word and just be a fun time. So thank you for listening. See you again soon.